real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Have you considered starting a podcast for your business? Or maybe you already have one but are afraid of pod fading because you just didn't realize how much time post-production would take. I can help. My company, podseam.com, makes podcasting as seamless as possible. We help you launch, manage, market, and monetize your podcast seamlessly. We do more than just podcast editing and production. We help you leverage the power of podcasting to get new leads and grow your business. Learn more at podseam.com. That's P-O-D-S-E-A-M.com. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is an entrepreneur, writer, technologist, marketing leader, and on-air personality. With more than 20 years of experience in the digital space, he stays at the forefront of digital innovation, strategy, and execution, identifying new markets, platforms, and tools to keep pace with the exponential expansion of technology. Welcome to the show, Alex Cleanthus. Great to be here, Sarah, and fantastic work on pronouncing my last name. Most people think it's Clean House or Clent House or Clean the House or whatever you want to call it. So yeah, it's great to be here. Oh, that's hilarious. Clean the House. That's a good one. So can you give us a little bit more information on your background, your history, your story, how you got into this space? Yeah, sure. I mean, I started like my entrepreneurial path back in 2004. One and I was in the property game, trying to hustle my way into some property deals. Actually, ended up acquiring a bunch of properties, about twenty or thirty, through certain approaches. I was about to make about five hundred grand in profit at the age of twenty-two, and I put everything into this one deal. That deal fell through, so everything I had lost in that one deal. In that deal, I had a partner in that deal, and he had a client, and that client was making all this money on the internet. This is back in 2002, 2003, right? And he was making 50 grand a month. And I was like, oh, cool. What's that? And so long story short, like I kind of had to host a course for this guy to present. He had to take all the revenue, and I just attended that course, and I just took all the notes, and I just started, started to execute for years and years and years. And then luckily enough, this was in the internet. So by about 2005 and six, I found that I actually, all the skills that I had learned, I couldn't actually make money myself. I tried to sell ebooks and tried to sell affiliate programs and all that. And that didn't work. So found that the skills I had could be applied to businesses. So I helped my mom's business. I got her a bunch of leads through Google ads. I helped another friend. I got a bunch of leads for him for invoice financing. I thought, hey, so maybe there's a business here. And that's how we started Web Profits. Yeah. So the marketing skills I learned, I didn't know, but that is the beginning of an agency. And so since that point, we established Web Profits in 2006. It's myself and my co-founder, Paul Sprockreef. It's about 15 years ago now. And we've expanded organically since then. So we started off part-time, like in bedroom at home or whatever it was, and we scaled up over the years. And so now we've got about 100 staff, five offices in four countries, and now we're working with companies like Logitech. So there's a lot that happened in that time, but that's the super high level story of how I got started. So did you bootstrap it or did you get investments or any of that stuff? 
Yeah, we bootstrapped it. So myself and my business partner, Paul Sprockreef, we, that's one night I had this idea. I was like, I think there's a business in kind of offering this as a service to companies who need to get more leads. And he's like, yeah, that's something I'd be interested in. So the next day we caught up, we put in a very small amount of money each, like a couple of thousand dollars or something like that. And we said, all right, cool. So let's start. What's interesting is that we sold our first website before we even had our own website. So we were kind of profitable in quotation marks from the first day, but we also had jobs. Right. And so we didn't need to pay ourselves. Right. If we had to pay ourselves, we'd be very unprofitable. And so it's been completely self-funded the whole way through, which makes it really hard to grow. But I think if you're starting an agency, it's hard to get funding. It's hard to get anything like that because it's such a, because everybody's an agency now, right? It's like, hey, I have a laptop and I have a screen and I can do Google Ads on agency. So it's, I think most agencies are bootstrapped to begin with. Yeah, I was reading on your blog, on your personal website, the most recent post about like the 20 things you've learned. And one of the points was that you don't need money to make money. I'm curious to hear more about that point. Yeah, so this is how I got into the property game, right? Because I didn't do that well at school. I was smart at school, but when I turned like 16, all the hormones hit. I didn't care about school anymore and I didn't understand why I was learning the things I was learning. So I didn't do that well. And so I left school for a bit like I was a removalist. And then I went back to school because I was like, well, I can't do this for my whole life. I'm 19. I got a sore back already, right? That's not going to be helpful 30 years time. So I went back to school and I did the highest school certificate here again. And I got a job in an investment bank. And I looked around and all the people there had been there for 30 years and they were making like $80,000 a year. And I was like, who the hell buys the Ferraris and the boats. Like, how do you even start with that? Right. And because I started with nothing. And my first job, I was getting paid like $300 a week. So I couldn't get the bread roll with the meat because the meat was an extra $1. And that's how tight it was. I was like, I'll just have to get a salad roll. And so I started to think and started to ask the question who buys these things? How do you start with nothing and actually create something? And then I found a course which was like, you know, how to buy property with no money. It was a $15,000 course for four days, which is a lot of money when you're making $300 a week. So I would have had to got a loan for it. And so I spoke to my family and my friends. I was like, I'm thinking about this. And they all advised me against it. They said, don't, you should take that money and you should put that money as a deposit on a house. And it just didn't feel right. So look, I just said, no, I'm going to do it. Now, this course taught me strategies on how you can put in your time and thinking and having the right content and information and strategy to put together a deal. Starting with no money, I actually was able to acquire like 20 to 30 properties through partnerships and through just be the person who's prepared to do the work, but also who's prepared to learn and create con like, like and to understand how things can work and to help other companies make money. So that was my first foray into, wow, you can actually create money without having anything if you have the right information. Now, the right information is quite hard to find, especially in the property space at that time. I mean, these days, I don't know how many courses there are of to buy property with no money, right? But the other side of it is that from a business perspective, so this was the other part that I didn't understand like in the beginning was that you can start a business with no money. It's literally like, like a service business, right? So everybody can start a service business with no money, right? And the interesting thing about business is that it's pure creativity. There is literally no limit to what you can do. It's up to your imagination and it's up to what content that you consume and what strategies that you have and then how you execute. And execute is just about time, effort, and just sweat and grit. And so you literally don't need money to make money. It's way harder not having money to make money, but you don't need it. It's way easier having some money and then trying to start something, but you don't need it. Yeah. And so I guess that's the thing which I think 
I wish I had learned at school because at school, it's like, you need to learn this information. Why? So that you can get a good score. Why? So that you can go to university. Why? So that you can get a good job. Is that it? So I can get a good, so I have to do all these things so I can get a good job. Surely there's another way, but nobody had another way for me. The biggest thing that changed my perspective was I read the book, A Rich Dad, Poor Dad, simple book. And I was like, oh, I knew there was another way, but nobody told me. So that's a bit of insight into that thinking. Yeah, I love that. I think, especially in this day and age with the internet and all that, you really can start. I mean, as long as you have a computer and an internet connection, you pretty much can start almost any type of online business, at least with very little money, if any. The one thing I'd say to that point is that when people think I'm going to start like an internet business, they go straight to, I'm going to sell product on e-commerce. I'm going to create a course. I'm going to create something which is going to be the system that can let me just work from an island somewhere, right? This is the dream of like the online business. That's literally the hardest thing possible is to not do the work, is to have a product and sell a product. What's easier is a service of some sort. So in the beginning, if you're trying to create something from nothing, there's a lot of platforms where you can go to where you can bid for work or where you can start to do certain kinds of jobs for people. Literally, all you need is a one-page website that outlines the service and a way to get people to come to that website. You have $100 or $500 and you can afford some Google Ads, that's fantastic. If not, there's outreach things, there's cold calling, you can email people. If you're prepared to do the work, you can make money pretty easily, yeah? It's just being aware that the easiest thing to sell is your time the hardest thing to sell is a product or a course or something which is not part of your time, if that makes sense. Yeah, that is an interesting perspective because you hear so many people talk about, oh, you need to create a course and the whole passive income thing that once it's created then. But yeah, I hadn't really heard of someone say before, like how you said it about how your time is the easiest thing to sell versus a product because I try drop shipping. And by the way, I suck at all that too. I'm so bad. I haven't been, a and maybe because I'm so impatient with things, it's really hard to do e-commerce because you literally have to get everything right. If you get something wrong, they leave. Then you have to sell product and then you have to advertise that product. Really hard to just sell e-commerce. It's a full-on strategy. With courses, I tried to sell courses too and I did sell some courses, but when someone's trying to start out, this is the big one, right? And they're trying to sell an online course. What have you done that is viable enough to create a course on that I can't get from like a Udemy or from free from LinkedIn learning or from like YouTube. And then how are you going to promote that? Because then it's all about, you need to really have a brand and people who follow your content. And so then like, like you need a content strategy, then you have to make content every week. That's at the highest possible levels versus, Hey, I can help to run your ads on Google. If you want, I can call all of the local trades people, 500 bucks a month per trade or 300, 200, you get five to 10 of them. You will know more than them just with like a couple of months of education. And now all of a sudden that's a business. And now all of a sudden you're starting to build a skill 
and you're starting to create something, right? This stuff does not sound sexy at all, right? Mark Zuckerberg started a local kind of marketing support agency and now he's worth six billion, right? But it is the easy way to go in. It is the easy way to start and just to have that flexibility. Yeah, I think like you said, with courses and things like that, you almost need to already have a fairly good following. Amy Porterfield, for example, I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's big on courses. I mean, she has a big following. And so I don't know. I think people can make it work, but I think you need to have some kind of established audience first, probably. For it to really well, work. There's a few caveats in this. When most people think about a course, they think about creating a course of the thing that they're learning, not the skill that they already have. So for example, ask my partner's mother. She has this thing called macrame, which is like they thread together and then like create these internal art things inside. She has that course. She runs it to 10 people per month. She advertises it on, I think it's Eventbrite because that's where people come to find specific events. And it's so unique that she sells a lot of them. So that's great. She doesn't have to know marketing, but now she has a business. And so these types of really niche skills that people have can be converted into some kind of business. It may not be an online course. Of course, it happens in person or through Zoom or something like that. But all these personal trainers that have had to transition to virtual training. There are lots of ways, but these are people that already have skills, that already have something that they're selling or that people actually want. So there are opportunities, but this idea of create a digital course and then just sell it and then you just wait for the money to come in may not be the easiest thing to do. I have, like me, and like I'm pretty good at marketing and that stuff's hard, really, really hard. And so I guess that's my only point, right? Is that there's ways to sell courses, but maybe they're in person, maybe they're niche. There's places like Skillshare, Udemy, right? And you can't just upload a course anymore and kind of just hope it sells. There needs to be some promotion to it. So finding your thing, I think is key, but having something that is unique will make it easier. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about your experience with launching and scaling an agency and that model, mm. because I'm actually launching a podcast production agency. So I'd yeah. love to hear from another, even though your agency is a different type, I think I can- I've got plenty of stuff on there. Yeah. Let me ask a question. So would you like me to talk about it in general, or do you want me to help you create a strategy for how like you would scale it up in the beginning? Because the second one is more applicable and you can see how I'm thinking about it. And the first one is more theoretical, right? It's up to you. I can go kind of both ways. Oh yeah, that's, I guess- it would make sense to go with a specific towards me, I guess. That would be an yeah, interesting Yeah, let's do it. That's right. fun. That's fun. That's engaging, right? So, okay, cool. Great. So it's a podcast production agency. Yes. What does it do? So what I found is that when people start a podcast, they don't realize all the back-end post-production, all the stuff that goes into it. They just think they just record and that's the end of it. I think the recording process isn't even the part that gets people hung up. I think it's all the post-production. So basically, uh, someone will just send me their file, their recording, and then I handle all the post-production, like the editing out filler words, long gaps, coughs, any of that kind of stuff, and then leveling out the sound and all of that. All then, that important stuff that, that no one wants to do. It's like, this GarageBand app is really hard. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yep. <laughs> Stop using GarageBand. And then additional stuff like show notes, transcripts, audiograms, social media graphics, and even helping with mm. like education and marketing and coaching. So not just the editing part or the producing, but just all around. 
Okay, so that's cool. And so how much is this service roughly going to be costing per month? Because I'm assuming it's a like it's the monthly retainer of some sort. Yeah, so there's going to be three different packages. So I have a, well, okay, so I have a launch package, which is like 1997 or 2000. And that includes like six episodes full, everything. And then the monthly plans are the management plan, which is 997 a month or a thousand. Yes. And that's basically just, it's basically everything except the marketing and yeah. and all of that. And then there's the marketing plan, which include, it adds that on to it. So look, I think the, the first point, which is now, you know, let's go into academic land, right? Or not like into more the theory and the thinking behind it. Recurring revenue, number one goal for an agency, right? The reason that we've been able to scale is because quite early on, we identified that if we can just get clients to pay us monthly and we can hold on to them, we can grow. The biggest challenge with expansion through an agency style model is people cost and overheads, right? It's very people heavy. And so like, as you hire people, payroll goes up, your taxes go up, everything goes up, and then there's support and HR and all that. So what you need is to have the revenue model that can scale. And so having the recurring revenue model would be key, right? And so we sell websites or we used to sell like, like a lot more websites, but websites are very hard to scale because they start and stop. So it doesn't matter how good you are, they start and stop. So you don't see very large companies that are based on project-based things, especially like, you know, for websites. So the first thing is I would be really focusing in on the recurring revenue model. Yes. Yeah? So maybe the $2,000 upfront, that's how they start because there's quite a lot of work, but as part of the same deal, they have to go on to the monthly thing, right? So that's the first part. So then you've got, let's say it's roughly $1,000 a month, right? So then you have to think about, all right, who's doing podcasts that can afford about $1,000 a month? So are you targeting people that already have a podcast or that are about to launch a podcast? Well, both in a way. The people who don't have one would fall under that launch plan and then people mm. who do would just because they've already established some of the things that would happen in the yeah. launch, like the cover art and the intro yeah. and the outro and all sure. that kind of stuff though i think it's going to be predominantly people who already and per, primarily businesses not just yeah people having a podcast for fun but businesses that plan to use the podcast as a marketing avenue an extra way for exposure or to even get clients so hopefully the yeah. roi for them is in the positive that's the whole goal this is good this is good like i'm getting lots of ideas right now but what i was thinking is that I think, so you've got three segments now, right? So you've got people who are thinking about launching a podcast or is it just like specifically for companies? Is that right? Like, is it businesses starting it, a podcast? Yeah, businesses. It doesn't have to be it's like some big corporation, but any kind of business is my cool. goal. Yeah. Cool. So you have two segments. So the first segment is the businesses that that are like, like looking to start a podcast. And the other part is the existing podcasts out there, right? So now we say, okay, cool. So we have a service and we need like a simple website that clearly explains the value, the features and how it works and an easy way to contact you. Yeah. Just like, like a single long landing page, right? And mm -hmm. you can make one probably through Squarespace or through Wix or through WordPress or through any of these free places, right? That's a good step one. Then from there, it's identifying who is your target. So now we said there's going to be the businesses that are looking to start and then the people that already have a podcast. Now, the approach into this in the beginning, how I would do it, and this is assuming I don't have a lot of budget right now, so I can't just go out and spend money on Google ads because that's expensive. I don't have time to make all these content 
to be known as the content authority on this is I would just be doing outreach. Yes, email outreach. And so we know that we can find podcasts through all the podcast sites and directories, Spotify and iTunes and through all of the podcast channels. And what I would do is I'd go to not the top 100 or the top 500. I started, like I would go to the bottom of these lists and I would construct a really good outreach email, a very good outreach email that talks to, hey, so you do a podcast that's probably expensive to get all the things up and running every week and every month. We've just launched like a service where you can get like all this done just for a fraction of the price of hiring somebody that do it. Plus on top of that, this includes this and this and this and this. Hit reply and I will be in touch just to talk it through, right? Something super short and super simple. And then find all their contact details. And then you just have to go one by one. I would personalize it. Hey, I love that episode on this. I thought that was great. Like, I really love this part. Hey, by the way, quick intro. And actually contact every single one of them, right? Now, this is literally a numbers game. This is the part... This is the part I was saying at the very start about services. This is a service, right? And you can do a lot of these things that just take time to grind it out. Okay, let's say that you want to contact 2,000 companies, podcasts, because there's some stats, right? And I don't know how accurate they are, but 3% like of the population will buy what you sell if you present it to them because they're in the market now. So if we just assume this is a stat that so many sales professionals have talked about, I don't have the source, unfortunately, sorry. Like, I don't want to be that guy who has qualified stats. But from 2000, this is math now, I'm going to kill myself, um, <laughs> 3% of two, there's 60 people, right? There's 60 people there that are like, from 1000, there's 30, from 100, there's three. What you're trying to, to do is to find the people that are in market now. And if you construct it the right way, it's possible. Now, if you want a faster way, there's software like Mailshake, where it will handle all the outreach and it does it basically at bolt. And so you can upload all their emails, all the things, and you just basically hit a button and it sends it all. This is the shortcut, but the shortcut is not as personalized. And because it's not as personalized, it will perform far worse. But this is how I would start. This is how pretty much every agency starts. They have a website. They think they don't have a lot of money to spend on ads. And so they will start to go to Google ads and click every ad and call everyone saying, hey, you know, we're this agency, like we offer this service and it's just, it's a numbers game and that's what they do. Some do email outreach. A lot of them, you know, just do cold calls. I like email outreach because I can do it 24 seven, but I've heard that it's pretty good for cold calling as well. Right. But this is the way in, this is the way to start because all you really need is five clients paying you five at a thousand dollars a month. That covers your rent, your food. That's not bad. And then you have something. And But the more important thing is now you've figured out a system for getting clients and that's what you need. This is big summary, right? Like, so all this is to lead to this point. I now have a scalable process to get clients. Now I can go to somewhere like an Upwork or I can, you know, just go to find somebody through my local area who wants a small amount of money per hour that is happy to follow a process and just to do the work. Now they can do the work. And so you can now start to pay them to do that work. And now you have the beginning of a scalable business. The biggest challenge in any business, because I consult quite a lot, especially to companies that are just starting out, is creating the process for acquiring a customer. It's literally, that's how every business can succeed, right? You see the businesses that struggle because they don't have a proven process for how they acquire a customer and it requires marketing side of things. And, you know, just in this example, 
it's email outreach and the sales side of things. And then like it's on the call. Uh, so it's basically organizing a call to sell the podcast. Hey, cool. So here's what we do and here's how we can do it. And that part of it, right? So they're the two things. And so in this example, I've just talked through like how you could get started that way. From there, you've got the person, then you can start trying to run ads. Then you can start, but that requires money. So you probably need to get 10, 20 clients. So you're at 10 to 20,000 a month to start to spend 3,000 to see like if you can start to get clients to come in. But the biggest challenge is just to figure out that process. And if outreach is working, then that's what you want to just focus on 100% until that stops working because it's free. It just takes some time. And it just works. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I appreciate that. That was what I was thinking about doing, though. I hadn't really thought about how you should start with the bottom because that makes sense because people at the top probably already have professional, like yeah, they already have that yeah. thing going on. But yeah, so I was thinking of creating like a spreadsheet or even I was thinking of LinkedIn as a way, but I don't know, because to find the email addresses for the podcast host, that, that's something I'll have to figure out. But I was thinking more for LinkedIn, I could try it that way because I could get email addresses that way, I believe, or direct message people. But thinking of like, I looked on Fiverr out of curiosity and I, like LinkedIn lead people, they can create a spreadsheet of who knows however many people for five ten bucks or whatever and then you could use that list right. that would save some time but i don't know how good that would be i mean this is the thing i always suggest is just to learn how to do it yourself create the process so you don't have to literally contact a thousand people yourself but you go through trying to find their contact details so if you go to their podcast page or if you go to their iTunes page, usually there's a contact email. That's a starting point. There's services like hunter.io where you can put in the website and the website like URL and it will show you all of the emails that they have. There's also this other piece of software called SalesQL, which you link and it will scrape the emails from LinkedIn. So what I would do is I would yourself try and find 10 to 20 emails, just try to find them and then go, okay, that's the place. And then you create the process. Here's what I want you to do, the person on Fiverr, mm. just do this. And then they just do that. Now, a little tip, record a Loom video. Mm. So Loom is like a screen recording, sharing software. Record a Loom video that talk, that walks them through the process. First do this, then go there, then do this, and literally every single step. Then document it as well so they can actually you know, see the steps every single time as well. And that's the job. So the big thing about that is that you want to know how things work for your growth. Mm -hmm. You want to be the one who credit because nobody can do it for you, especially like in the beginning is when you have no money. You can't afford to pay the people who could do it for you to do it for you. Mm -hmm. Then you do some courses. Courses will tell you what to do. And then maybe you're not comfortable with it or, or maybe it feels more technical or like it's out of your, your comfort zone or get used to being uncomfortable. Because if you want to grow a business, this is like the other thing I say, the hardest thing to grow is not the business, it's you. You've got to grow you. And to grow you, I mean, who wants to grow themselves? It sounds horrible, right? like, <laughs> but it gets easier, right? It's like, because the growth is outside of your comfort zone. It's never what's easy. It's what's hard. It's what's difficult. It's what's challenging. It's what you don't want to do. It's the thing that you know you want, the thing that you know you should do, but you just don't do it because it's a Netflix show on. But it's, it starts small by just going, all right, cool. Look, I'm just going to see like, if I can find it myself. And what's the worst thing that's going to happen, right? But the best thing that can happen is that it starts a really successful company. So I think, you know, approaching current podcasts is the easier route 
because how can you know who wants or is thinking about starting a podcast? And let's say you hear someone say that, but otherwise, how would, unless you're looking for companies that don't already have a podcast and then you could approach them, but I don't know, what would your suggestion be for trying to reach companies or businesses that don't have a podcast about starting? Yeah. Yeah. So, cause that was the second segment, right? So the first it, segment is people that already have a podcast and the second one is businesses that are looking to start one. So it's an interesting one. So the first thing I would do is I would spend a couple of hours searching on Google. Are there podcast like service, like marketplaces of some sort? Yeah. I would go to the Upworks of the world and I would look at all the places where people would post jobs and I would search if they are saying anything around podcasts. So I would try to find places where people are already searching first because intent is the hardest thing to know, right? This is why Google search is so good because if you advertise on podcast production company, you know anyone searching is looking for a podcast production company, but you're competing against the top three other podcast production companies in the country. And they have more budget than you. So that's always going to be hard. And so I would start by saying, like, are there places I can already tap into where people are looking? There could be places like on the Quora platform, right? You know, where there's professionals that ask questions, you know, so what's a good way to start a podcast? Just go in, be a bit self-promotional. Yeah, like it's not perfect. Try and add some value, but then say, hey, this is something that we can offer as well. Just be tactful, be tactful, but don't be shy and don't be. I could never do that. Those salespeople that just, they keep pushing, they keep pushing. And that, that actually worked. That's not me, but that works. I'm saying you don't have to be that, but you can start. You can try and sell just a little bit. So there's that side of things. Now, assuming that you exhaust all that, and I, and I would literally exhaust all that, I would get listed on every possible place that anybody that's looking for a podcast production company would look. Yeah. Like even if it's on, I don't know like if you have over there a company called like Airtasker. I think they are over there. I'm pretty sure they're over there, right? But this is a place where people, can post jobs for people locally. It's like, hey, so I need somebody to come and to make the thing I bought from Ikea. Or hey, like, I've got some food up the road, which I want you to pick up, right? So there's similar platforms like that for services. And so I would just exhaust that. Just literally find every site and get listed on every single site because you don't know what's going to work. And you only need five clients, you know? <laughs> That's what we're starting with, right? So by scorching earth, like landed to be everywhere, free listings most of the time. So just get listed and to be there. And then from there, the businesses. Now, okay, so once that's exhausted, so now you want to go into specific outreach again. So you've got to maybe really do a bit more research on what kind of companies create podcasts. So who would be the person in that company to do the podcast? So what would they be talking about? And then start to maybe outreach. Now the outreach is a bit different. You might be talking to the CEO of a smaller business because they oftentimes will want to start a podcast because the founders of a smaller business, right? Because oftentimes they want to share and that's like a founder thing and to do podcasts. So start to outreach. Have you considered to launch a podcast? Yes, it can be hard. However, we help founders launch podcasts. And so all they have to do is have a microphone and a, some software like and everything else is handled by us. So if you considered a podcast before, let's have a quick chat because I can help you make it easier. Nice and easy. Now, all you're trying to do is to tap into everybody who wants to start a podcast, which since COVID is everybody, there's thousands of podcasts out there now, right? Just tap into it. And I think that's going to take a lot more experimentation, right? Because we, like we just talked about its founders, maybe it's founders of software companies because they often could do that. Or it's people that sell information products. So like, we know there's so many courses out there. So maybe you could go onto a site like Udemy or Skillshare. Literally every single person that has a course and say, I can help you make a podcast if you want. This comes back again to my to one of my first points about 
it's so creative. Mm -hmm. Like the only limit is how creative the thinking is. There's literally infinite number of combinations of possibilities of what you could do and how you could do it. And this is what excites me. And this is what keeps me up at night is if I could just think a bit better about this, I would be able to achieve this faster. So that's how I would approach it. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. I don't even know if I would have thought of that. So that's awesome. I feel like this has been like a one-on-one coaching session. I've already learned so much on my next step. Yeah, yeah, but this is why I thought, let's talk about this example because I can go into very specifics on an example. Otherwise, it's going to be high level stages. But this is kind of what people actually want. And I think this is another, I'm going to have so many conversations about these types of topics, but this is another part of it is that People, especially when they're starting out, keep thinking about success. Oh, what's going to happen when we make 50 sales? It's like most companies will never get to that point. Like 90% or some stat will fail in the first five years or whatever else it is, right? The hardest thing is to get the initial traction, just to create stability, to get the first five clients and hold on to them. And then to get the, the first, I said 10 clients and then 20 clients. And then once you're there, Then you can focus on what happens on growth. In the beginning, you literally just need to get five clients that stay with you per month and continue to pay you. And maybe they start and then they stop. And then it's like, all right, well, something's not right there. So so what do I need to change to make sure they stay with me, right? Because what you want is retention, especially because it's a recurring revenue model. You want them to get so much value from it that they just keep paying you. So maybe it's $1,000 or maybe it's $7.97 or maybe it's, $12.97 $12.97 or maybe it's $4.97, but for a smaller service, but they that's more affordable for the kind of companies that it is. But I don't know. But I do know there's going to be a lot of adjustment in what you sell. It's not a pivot. It's not like that. It's like, look, I'm selling this service. It's this price. Is it the best price? Maybe. Or is that service? Like, is that the best service? Maybe. Just optimizing that. But number one, you need to get the opportunities through the door to be able to optimize them with. Because if no one's actually spending money with you or even having a conversation with you, you have nothing to experiment with. That's why it comes back to that point again. And again, in the beginning, you just need to find a way to get this conversation started. Awesome. Well, I really, <laughs> I mean, we could probably continue talking for forever on this, but I'm sure you have other things going on. So I really <laughs> appreciate your time. And if people want to learn more about Web Profits, they can go to webprofits.com.au for Australia. And then I'll also have show notes at thesaracentjohn.com forward slash webprofits. Well, awesome. Yeah. But I'd also say just the listeners of the show, they should check out the podcast, which I host as well. It's called The Growth Manifesto. Uh I'm at growthmanifesto.com. I interview people like Seth Godin. Oh, wow. Vern Harnish and like all these kind of entrepreneurial people. So that's the content I produce as well so like if ah. you want to get some additional kind of insights check out my podcast there yeah awesome i didn't even know you had one so i'm gonna check that out myself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> check it out no it's it's just a conversation but it just happens to be with people that are like world-class leaders yeah right? so it's like so for me this is like, like a bit of insight yes i do the podcast yes it's for content marketing yes it helps our business but for me i've kind of stumbled into a way to get mentorship i guess from people which i would probably not be able to get access to and I do like a lot of research and stuff but I'm just trying to learn so it's like a masterclass where I'm learning about it but then the listeners um can learn as well yeah that's one thing that I found with podcasting that I love is you learn so much not only is your audience and listeners learning but you're learning almost like a one-on-one consultation or coaching the the only people that I mean I've had a lot of people on that 
I mean, maybe be familiar with. The biggest ones would probably be Pat Flynn and Mike Michalowicz. That would be awesome at some point to get even bigger names. I'd love to get like the sharks from Shark Tank and just all that stuff. But yeah, I love it because it's like you're getting to interview these people and learn from them without having... Well, first of all, one thing about podcasting is if you were to try to talk to these people that you're talking about Mm. and you didn't have a podcast and you just said you called them up or their office and said, hey, can I have yeah. an hour of your time? They'd say, well, first of all, you probably wouldn't get a response. No, you can't get through to them, yeah. <laughs> or even if you got a response, it would be no. Or it'd be, yeah, it'll yeah. cost you, you know, $25,000 or whatever. Exactly. That could be like another hook for your outreach. Hey, I got a podcast and this is what I've you know, been able to achieve with it, you know, and it's a good way for this as well. You know, I'm not sure right. if that's as good. It's another angle. Well, and even but, just like mm. the networking and meeting people like meeting you and networking mm. and you never know who knows. Because some I was on someone else's podcast who knows Mike McCallowitz and that's how I was able to get him on because he made an introduction to him for me. Yeah. Because sure. I had already yep. tried to get him on and gotten a no because he was busy doing, but he does have a book coming out in a couple of months. So maybe the timing is better, but anyway, yeah, yeah just, you never know who knows somebody and it just kind of snowballs. Exactly. I feel like. Yep. And that's why you need a podcast production company <laughs> like yours, because it's hard enough. No, I literally tell you, it's hard enough to just to create the content. That's literally really hard. You know, so we have a production team. You have lots of people involved, right? Like mm-hmm. it's going to be way more than we pay way more than two grand or a thousand dollars a month, like mm-hmm. way more. So, and like, I think people try to figure out themselves. That's hard and quality is important. So if you focus on your quality of content and then everything else is handled by Sarah, that's a better way in. Well, thanks for that pitch there. I appreciate it. I'm just trying to help. Love helping fellow entrepreneurs. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. That's a pleasure, Sarah. I've had a great time talking about all this stuff. It's been great. Do you have a podcast that isn't growing the way you want it to? There may be a simple reason for that, but you aren't sure how to decipher what the problem is. That's where a podcast audit comes in. I am offering a new service where you send me a podcast episode of your choice and I audit the podcast for your cover art, podcast name, intro and outro, episode titles, format, sound quality, production value, episode graphics, length, flow, on-air performance, calls to action, podcast directory discovery, podcast website, show notes, social media presence, and more. I am offering this service for just $97 for a limited time. Get your audit today at podseam.com forward slash podcast audit. That's P-O-D-S-E-A-M dot com forward slash podcast audit. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack. Connect with fellow listeners Share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.